How y'all doing tonight? All right, you guys ready uh, to get your worship on tonight with us? Why don't we stand, shall we? We'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for our time together with you, Lord. We welcome your presence in this place. Heavenly Father, we lift our voices in thanks to you, Lord, and in surrender, Lord. Now, we worship you, Lord. Let us lift our voices, Lord, in gratitude to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. That's right. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Get your voice with us tonight and say, So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. When my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible. Yeah. 
Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance by heavy storm, Messiah still and all alone. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore, for endless days we will sing Your praise, O Lord, O Lord our God. Oh, praise His name. Then on the
God, we can't get over how much you love us. And we are so grateful for that. Father God, we pray, Lord God, that people would experience the overwhelming freedom of your Holy Spirit right now. To set people free, Father God. That they would not be inhibited by fear. Inhibited, Father God, by vain imaginations. That, Father God, they would be able to call upon the name of the Lord and they would experience healing, deliverance, reconciliation, power, love. Oh, God, that you would heal the sick. You would touch them. Raise them up once again, Father God. Heal their bodies. Strengthen them. Father God, we pray for families that have lost loved ones. Father, we pray for Pastor Dennis Otero, who lost his brother, Tony. Father God, we pray for their family, that you comfort them and minister to them. And just fill them with your overflowing power. Father God, we pray for the Hawkes family and the loss of their daughter, Danielle, today. This young woman, Father God, I just pray for her, her little girl, Mary comfort her and Mary and Pedro Jaques and all the family strengthen them Father God I pray for Yvette Otero's family who lost Charlie and God I pray that you comfort them and strengthen them Father there's just been a lot of death Lord and we pray that you comfort those families there's others Lord God that Father are hurting still trying to heal from the brokenness of losing their loved one. Father God, we're praying, Father God, for marriages to heal, relationships with loved ones to heal. We're believing, Father God, that you're going to do a mighty work across America. And Father God, raise up a strong America that's a strong America. Believers, God, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Christianity, Father God, would rise up across from coast to coast and border to border and God just exalt the name of Jesus Father God I pray Lord God for our state legislature that started yesterday I pray that you give the men and women that are representing us the senators and representatives in the groundhouse wisdom to do what's best for New Mexico not best for them Father God we pray Lord God for our schools Father God with the cyber attack and kids getting sick and we just pray protection over teachers and staff and all the students 
Father God, continue to be with the hospital workers, doctors, nurses. Father God, continue to be with the housekeeping and all those that work in dietary and just throughout the hospital, God. Watch over them in doctor's offices all across the land. God, we just pray for a mighty move of your spirit here right now and for everyone online. For those of you watching from home or wherever you might be, might you experience the presence of God the way we are here. We exalt your name and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sing it out again. Sing it out and worship him. Praise his holy name. Amen. The blazing sun shall pierce the night And I will rise among the saints My gifts transfixed on Jesus' face Let's lift our voice together as we go praise the name Oh, praise the name of the got a birthday boy in the house would you just sing the tail end of it with me happy birthday pastor michael happy birthday to you god we pray blessing over him that you continue to use him for your glory in the name of jesus amen you may all be seated a seat, church. Amen. We thank you so much, uh, church, for, uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, just a few announcements. I want to catch you up on, church, if I may. Um, man, what a powerful time of worship. Amen, church? It's been awesome to see what the Lord is doing in our church and in our community, and I'm sure pastors, uh, amazing messages. I hope you guys are coming on both on Sundays and on Wednesdays, because uh, the Lord is doing something special. Uh, and every single one of our services. So I hope you guys were able to make it on those services. But um, church, a few announcements right before pastor comes back up and, and takes his place. Um, a few things we want to catch you up on. Um, our quarterly parents night out is coming up. So we want to remind you that our parents night is coming up. So again, sister Jessica and her team have, have committed quarterly parents night out. So if there's a night out that you guys want to do, registration ends on the 26th. So make sure that you register for that by the 26th, again, that's open to you and to those people that you hang out with that also might have small children. It goes from 5.30 to 9, so you have to pick up the kids by 9 o'clock, okay? Also, in NB Kids, there's so much going on. Sister Jessica, she, she loves to have fun, and she has put together a Valentine's Day dance, so we want you to mark your calendars for February. It's going to be February the 11th at 6 p.m., and it's going to be held in our youth rec room. Okay, so we want to make sure that you guys uh, participate in that. It's it's not just for fathers and daughters, it's for the family. So you guys bring your family, you guys have young children. We want to make sure that you guys can can make sure and participate and bring the family. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, as you can imagine, there's going to be a lot, a lot of sugar 
and, uh, and chips. And if I know Sister Jess, she just loaded us up on sugar today. So I don't know how worship was for you, but it was great for me. I was loaded up on sugar, man. And she, she spoiled us with some ice cream and some chocolate sundaes and all kinds of stuff right before service. And I was like, probably not the best time, but it was good. Uh, and of course, thank you so much for the life that you guys bring into our church with the tithe. It's so important for what we do on a day-to-day basis. Again, last on Sunday, I touched on what you guys are doing. It's, it's not just the outreach that we do, which is the majority of it goes to our outreach into our community and into our sister ministries like God's Warehouse uh, under his construction, Frontline Resurrection, and so many other ministries that we support, our, mini- our missionaries. That's just a part of it, guys. Uh, don't forget, we have light bills. <laughs> we have gas bills. You know, the day-to-day life that we do and the work that we do here in New Beginnings, we could not do it without you. And we want to say thank you for that. And if you want to participate in the day-to-day life of New Beginnings, we ask you to do that. Our tithing boxes are at the entryways here uh, inside the sanctuary at every door. And then, of course, you can do it by giving uh, by electronically via our app at New Beginnings, uh, NBC ABQ on our app store, Google Play, and, of course, the app store, the Apple app store, NBC ABQ. There you'll also be able to find our current events and also our website you can give via that way. Another cool thing that is going on that we've been able to do lately is a lot of people, how many, how many of you guys remember the old uh, the CDs that we used to print out after every service, right? You guys used to pick up all those CDs and that was cool. But uh, what we've been able to do is to watch our resources a little bit better and take care of that tithe a little bit better in the electronic world that we live in. We now, you guys can subscribe to our podcast. So if you guys miss out on a service and you guys want to say, hey man, I want, I want to share this message with you. You can catch our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iTunes podcast on Stitcher. Um, and, uh, the other platform is Apple, uh, Amazon Music, uh, podcast. So it's just NBC ABQ at NBC ABQ. You guys can catch it there. So it'll be available tonight after service. Okay, so tonight's service will be available tonight. Sunday's is available right after third, our second service. I've oh, had so many years of doing third service. I always say third service. But after our second service, you can catch it. And that's one thing, another thing that you are doing to spread the gospel in our community and across the world. And we say, thank you, church. Can we give a praise offering to our congregation, to you guys for that? Because you guys are doing that, guys. This is what you guys are doing. And we want to thank you for that, okay? Uh, thank you, church, for that. Uh, with that, Pastor Richard, uh, I will hand over the, the pulpit to Pastor Richard. Let's just give him a warm welcome to bring him back up. Praise the Lord. There's one other thing. That family dance is, you know, you get to dance with your kids and have a good time, but they're going to have an adult dance uh, for you to be able to really bust your groove with your wife and act all John Travolta and and staying alive and keeping it alive and and uh, and that's going to be over at under his construction uh at their secret sanctuary and uh the the date on that I don't have a date on that but they're selling tickets that's $25 a couple and they're selling tickets out in the mall area and if you saw the canopy and you're wondering wow what's going on are they giving something away we are we're giving away free Biblical education doesn't cost you anything except showing up. So you can sign up. That's what it's all about, signing up for classes. 
There's classes that you could go through the whole Bible uh, in a year. Uh, there's classes where you could go verse by verse studying. Uh, there's classes where you could study about discipleship. There's classes for women uh, to encourage each other and help each other through difficult times. There's, a, there's all kinds of classes, so I encourage you to go by and check that out. And then on the 22nd, which is, <clears throat> I believe, this Saturday at 5.30, there's going to be a service for people that have lost loved ones to violence, uh, most especially gun violence. And uh, if you know anybody, they don't have to be part of our church, but there's a, an organization that we're hosting uh, that's helping families process that uh, violent death of their loved one. And so we encourage you to bring a picture of your friend, of your loved one, and uh, and we're going to honor them and just have a, a time of, of honoring them, and it'll be real special. Uh, I believe that um, we have been now in this series for four weeks, and uh, it's called Rediscovering Yourself. And a lot of times... I was talking about freedom last week, and I was talking about the, the, the ties that bind us, those things that hold us down, those chains that people have thrown on us. Uh, like I was saying last week, there's times people throw chains on us, and their act of ugliness put chains on us. And then there's decisions we've made, <clears throat> bad decisions we've made, that we put chains on ourselves. And then life happens. We don't live in a perfect world anymore. This used to be a perfect world, but because sin entered this world, now we have sickness, we have problems, we have stuff like COVID and all kinds of stuff that they're chains the world just puts on us. And we were talking about how to breaking out, and I was really processing this, and I was thinking, you know what, I really want to focus tonight on to really... Get out of your destructive mindset. The only way to do that, to get out, is you got to go in. You really, really got to dig into your life and take a good look at your life and be honest with yourself. Take a real good inventory of who you are, what you're about, what you've done, why you've done it, and what's going on, so that because you are finally honest with yourself, you can deal with what's going on in your life. Because people don't deal with what's going on with their life. And it deals with them, but then they take it out on others. And so sometimes you're going from one relationship to another. Or you and your your significant other, your, either your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you guys are constantly arguing. It's like something is just going on and you're like, what's wrong with you? And you go, I don't even know what's wrong with me. But it's this stuff that's eating at you and it's tearing you apart. And it's really tearing you down and it's beating you up. And, and we've looked at this verse before, but I really want to take a look at it and get real with ourselves of why we don't deal with stuff. Why we come up with all these excuses. Because in, sec, in, in Psalm 139, David writes this psalm and he says, Search me, O Lord. Search me, O God. Search me. Look into my life. Look into my heart. Look into my mind. Look into my body. Look into every part of me. Search me and then know my heart. There's times we are doing stuff that we don't even know why we're doing it. We're not 
plotting to be evil. We're not plotting to do that, but but we're just we're, we're messed up. So he's saying, know my heart, God, and test me. Show me what I'm made out of. Show me what's going on and know my anxious thoughts. I really want to get through this, God, but you need to show me what's going on because, God, I don't even know what's going on half the time. So he says, point out. He goes, point out anything in me that offends you. Point it out, God. Now that's tough. Because if you ask God to point it out, guess what he's going to do? He's going to point it out. Look, the other day someone asked me, hey, pastor, um, what part of my life can use some improvement. So I said, man, I hate when somebody puts me in that position. But I know them real well, and I said, well, this is a few areas that seem to set you back. And I said, one, two, and three. And then they said to me, well, you know what? You know what you do? And I go, but I didn't ask. (laughs) I didn't ask. See, they got offended right away, like, golly, you pointed stuff out. Well, you asked. You asked me. I didn't do it because I wanted to be mean. And I know I'm not perfect. That's why I didn't ask. (laughs) Because God has a really good way of already showing me. Point out anything in me that offends you. And then lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lead me back to you. Lead me back to righteousness. Lead me back to wholeness. So, Lord Jesus, right now, I want this to be our prayer. Whether we're in this room or online, God, I pray that, Lord, you be in the room with us. Show us what we need to do, and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You see, there's excuses that we come up with for not dealing with stuff. We we just... Lie to ourselves. We, we just come up with these excuses why we don't want to deal with stuff. And, and we'll, the first excuse we always come up with is we generalize our problem. See, this is what we say. Well, everyone has this. Or everyone does it. I mean, it's not just me. I mean, look around. So we try to generalize it like, well, it's a problem that everyone has. And maybe they do. But guess what? This is your life, and if you want to get real, you got to deal with you, not them. Amen? The Bible even says quit comparing yourself to somebody. But see, we, we have a tendency to do that because we get to wipe our hands by saying, well, everyone does it. We generalize the problem, so we don't take it really on as our problem anymore. It's just a societal problem. It's a community problem. It's a family problem. You see, I mean, come on, let's get real. All the Sanchez's are like this. See, I'm a Mansfield Sanchez. I never met the Mansfield side of our family, so I could just blame the Sanchez's. <laughs> or maybe we had to blame the Mansfields. <laughs> we never met them. But see, we want to blame it and, and, and generalize it and not make it as serious as it is. But it's tearing us apart. Another thing we do is we minimize the problem. We go, oh, my gosh. You're making such a big deal out of this. Oh, haven't you ever said that to your wife? Oh, my gosh, or your girlfriend? Quit making such a big deal out of this. Haven't you ever said that to your husband? 
Oh my gosh, quit making such a big deal out of this. You see, we want to minimize it. We want to act like it's not that big of a deal. Our kids will say that to us. Oh my gosh, you act like it's in the end of the world. Golly, Dad, calm down, Mom. And you're like, don't you understand? Or we, we theologize it. We theologize our problem. Well, you know, because sin came in the world and you can't really throw it on me because, I mean, you and Dad were sinners and you, you kind of messed me up. And, and you know what? The, the, it, it came under the next generation, so really all my problems are your fault. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, where did that come from? But see, we want to just throw the blame on somebody else. Eve blamed you know, it's like, well, man, Adam, who gave you the fruit? Well, he didn't even say Eve. He said, the woman you gave me. So who's he really blaming? He's blaming God. It's like, well, it's all your fault, God. I was fine here on earth by myself. No, you weren't. You were lonely. No, but you had to give me a woman. Look at the mess she got me into. And it's not even her. It was you. You see, we have to, we just, we're weird. Or we, or we rationalize it. See, we, we call it justified. We say we, it's justified. I did this because you did that. But that's not true because the Bible says, do not pay back evil with evil. It says, don't take revenge. Someone said the other day, if you're going to take revenge, you better dig two graves because you're going to go down just as long with them. You see, it's going to kill the relationship. It's going to kill the friendship. It's going to kill what God has put together. But see, we we start rationalizing it, and we say, instead of saying, you know what, I was wrong, and, and accept blame for it, we rationalize it and say, like, well, you know, after all, it's like, you did that, so I did this. It's like, if you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done this. See, that's that's not rational at all. That's not accepting the responsibility for your action. And 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 the last thing that the excuses that we come up with is we straight out deny our problems. Oh my gosh, I don't have a problem. If I had a drinking problem, would I go to work every day? And so see, you're a functional alcoholic. You go to work and you work and you come home and and the house is a mess, your relationship's a mess, the kids are a mess, everyone's a mess, but I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. It might not bother you, but it sure bothers all of us. See, we think we're fine. I'm, oh, my gosh, I'm not a drug addict. I, the doctor put me on oxycodone. But he said one every 12 hours. I, he's stupid. He doesn't know the pain I go through. So I take six. Now, every two hours. Oh, my gosh. You got a problem. I don't have a problem. Give me my oxycodone. And I have to kill you. Wow. You see, those words have really been expressed by people. But they deny they have a problem. So what are we going to do about it? How, how do we deal with it? Well, you've got to go in to get out. You've got to go in deep. 
The first thing you got to do is you got to deal with the root of the problem. You got to take a deep look into your life and go into your life to see what's happening inside, inside here, here, and here to find out how you're going to deal with this problem. Because you have a problem and you're not facing up to it and you're not dealing with it. You need to ask yourself, what pain am I medicating? What happened in my life, maybe as a child? What happened in my life in a relationship? Maybe your, your husband or your wife cheated on you and they, they, they just broke your heart. They violated your marriage. Maybe someone in your family abused you sexually. Might have been a relative. It might have been your parents. Might have been a sibling. And, and it just messed you up. And you haven't told anybody, and it's dealing with you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? And and you don't know, and you don't say anything, and you don't want to say anything about anything. So instead, you try to medicate the problem. And it's not just with, see, we always go drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. It's because those are the very evident ones. It's hard to hide when you're drunk. It's hard to hide when you're when you're all stoned and, and high. But there's a lot of other ways we medicate. We medicate with, with sex. We medicate with, with pornography. We medicate with, with adultery. We medicate with overeating, with gambling, with gossiping, with doing all kinds of destructive acts. But you've got to really look in your life and say, what is going on in my life that I'm trying to medicate that? I'm trying to hide the pain. And then the second question you really need to ask is, what fear am I running from? What fear are you running from? What are you deadly afraid of people finding out? What are you afraid of? It's like going to the doctor or something and they go, here, put this gown on. Strip all your clothes off and put this gown on. And you're there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, you go, I got to go to the restroom. And, and you just have a gown on. You don't even have any underwear on. But you forget. So you go to the, you go down the hallway all covered up in the front, but you're all exposed in the back. And everyone's going, wow, does she know? He's uh, like a... Uh, And see, that's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of being exposed. We're covering up certain areas of our life really good, but we don't realize that our butt's to the wind. People know what's going on. They go, they think they got it all hid, and look at them, they're a mess. So what fear, what is it that you're running from? And, And the other question you ought to ask is, what hurt are you reacting out on? What's going on in your life that right away you react and you start hurling out insults and hurling out arguments and anger and you just, they barely, it's because if they touch you, it's going to hurt. So before they get near you, you're stay away. And you're hurling out these insults and, and you're reacting out because you are carrying this pain that you've been hiding so long. And now the devil comes and he uses that and he stirs it up. And I'm telling you, he messes with your head. And before you know it, you don't trust anybody. And you are broken. 
And that's why he says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Please, God, I'm tired of not dealing with the root of the problem. I'm tired of medicating it and running from it and reacting from it. And so we need to face it. And then the second thing we really need to do if we're going to get out of this is you've got to reflect on yourself and examine yourself. Quit looking at everyone else. I'm telling you, it's easy to start looking at everyone else. It's easy to start pointing out their issues. First, we start with our spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend. And we go, man, God says, you know, that was messed up what you did. Yeah, that was. I am, I'm sorry, God, and I'm so dumb. But did you see what she did to me? Did you see? Oh, my gosh, I love my, I love my wife, but oh, why does she do that? Oh, my gosh, my husband drives me crazy. Oh, my gosh, my kids. Oh, my goodness, my parents. Oh, my gosh, my siblings. Oh, my. See, we always look at somebody else. And we look at their issues. And he says, don't compare. But we compare. And we try to minimize our problem by showing off their problem. And that's why we hurl it out and point it out right away. We don't want to take the blame for our own actions. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So you get wisdom to start having good judgment. And if if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. It's talking about wisdom. Jump down to verse 12. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. You see, it's saying, my goodness gracious, don't you understand? Wisdom is going to take you further than you ever knew you could go, but you have to learn to trust God, and you have to learn to examine yourself, and you have to get wisdom and start saying, okay, God, These people are speaking this into my life, not to hurt me, but to help me. Not to tear me down, but to lift me up. See, I need to understand that, but because you're so wounded, you don't trust anybody anymore. So you need to say, God, I I barely trust you. But show me who has flesh here on earth that I can trust because I'm a mess, God. And I'm tired of blaming everyone else. I want to own up because I've got some issues, God, and you need to get real and admit it. And then when, once you do that, number three, we've, we've got to be honest and courageous. We've got to be honest and courageous. We do not like to be honest with ourselves, and we don't like to have the courage because if we have the courage, then we're going to do something about it. And we, we cower out of it. We talk ourselves out of it. We go, man, see, we start rationalizing. We, we minimize it. It's, I, I got caught up in the moment. 
pastor was preaching, the Holy Spirit was moving, and I felt convicted, but I'm not that bad. I, I don't have to get all real after all. I'm doing a good job of covering up. It's like, maybe you think so, but you're walking around with the back of the sheet open. You see, you don't even understand that you're not covered up. You think you are, but you're not. Man, Jesus is trying to say, when are you going to get real? When are you going to be honest with yourself? When are you really going to get real and say, this is who I am, this is where I am, and this is where I really would like to be? But instead we go, this is where I was, that's where I'll always be, and I can never get out of it. And God is saying, yes, you can. You've heard the story of the flood, the guy, the house floods, and, and, and he's, man, the flood's already, he's on the second story, and he's at the second story window, and the water's rising, and a little boat comes by, and they go, dude, hop on, we'll get you out of here. He goes, no, 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 I'm trusting the Lord. And finally, it's so high, he's on top of the roof now, and the water, and another little boat comes by, and they go, hey, man, hop on, dude, the, the water's going to take you, you're, you're going to drown. He goes, no, 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 I'm trusting the Lord. And all of a sudden, he's standing on the chimney, and he's up on the chimney, and the water's all the way up to his waist, and he's going, man, and a helicopter drops a ladder, and they go, grab hold. He goes, no, I'm trusting the Lord. And he ends up drowning and dying, and he gets to heaven, and he said, Lord, I was trusting in you. What happened? He goes, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What else do you want? You see, God is there trying to help us and be honest. Do you understand you are knee-deep, waist-deep, up to the neck in water? You are about to go down, and you're still saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. I put my trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. He's directing you to two boats and a helicopter, for goodness sake. Am I connecting with anyone tonight? You see, God is saying, when are you ever going to be honest? When are you going to be honest? You don't have to go around saying, hey, how you doing? I'm horrible. I'm horrible. You don't have to do that. Know who to open up to. Hey, how are you and your husband? We're horrible. You don't have to go around saying that. But if you really are falling apart, Find a trusted person that isn't going to backstab you and blab all over the place and cause more problems and say, you know what? You need to pray for me and my husband. We're a mess. It was a time in my marriage we were a mess. I was already a pastor. And I was, I was addicted to ministry. I wasn't addicted to drugs. I wasn't addicted to alcohol. God had set me free from all of that nonsense. I wasn't having an affair with a woman. I was addicted to ministry. I couldn't ever say no. Hey, pastor, will you help us here? Yeah, will you do this? Yeah, will you do that? Yeah, will you do that? Yeah. My family never saw me. And Cindy's there going, Richard, I'm glad you do all that work for the Lord. I love it. But my gosh, Richard, when are you ever going to spend time with me or with the kids? When? I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do you want? I'm trying to save the world. Have no fear. Richard is here. Jesus is going, dude, I didn't tell you to do that. You're just plain stupid. 
I'm the Savior, not you. Ooh, man, am I speaking to somebody here tonight? All I know is that's where I was. And do you think I, I would ask people to pray for me? Yeah, I don't want to tell the church I'm having problems. Why, people in the church would say, Pastor, slow down, dude. Spend some time with your family. They're saying, quit doing so much. I wasn't listening to anyone. And we were about to get a divorce. That wasn't because I had another lover, but I did. It was a whole church. It was a whole ministry. Whenever I'd get a phone call, Pastor, we need you to come over here. Hello, there I go. Here I go. I was every place except where God wanted me. Do you think I asked for a prayer? And I was all mad at God. I go, after all I've done for you, he goes, what have you done for me? Did you die on the cross for me? Well, no, but man, I've been ministering, and I've been ministering to the cholos and the gangs and the drug addicts and the alcoholics and the prostitutes. I've been dealing, Father God, with politicians and, and hierarchy and the government, and I've been doing and I've been doing. He goes, that's really fine and dandy, but I didn't send you to half of these places. When are you going to humble yourself before the Lord and ask for help? I didn't want anyone to know I had a problem. I'm walking around all covered up real fine and my butt's hanging out and everyone knew it but me. And I finally humbled myself and I said, please pray for me. Pray for my marriage. I love my wife. I don't want to lose my marriage. I love my children. I don't want to lose my children. And the minute I finally humbled myself that quick, poof, God healed it. That quick, he restored it. Because I finally got honest. I had not been honest with myself. When are you going to be honest with yourself? When are you going to have the courage to ask for help? When are you going to have the courage to say, God, I'm falling apart. I need help. And go to someone that you could trust and say, would you help us? Because we're falling apart, man. I need help. And if we're going to go in to get out, the next thing we have to do, well, look, let's just park here for a little while. Look what Jesus did. John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, He's talking at the woman at the well. See, he sent off the disciples to go get some food and stuff. And they're by Samaria. And first of all, men wouldn't talk to women out in public. But this lady had gone to draw water from the well. All the women in the community would always go draw water from the well early first thing in the morning to get water for the day. This lady was there at noontime. That was a very odd time. And they, the disciples go to get some, something for her lunch. So Jesus said, I'll just wait for you guys here. Give me, give me a, a Bob's burger, a ranchero burger, and extra chili. So they all go off to get him lunch. 
And this lady comes at noontime, which is very unusual. So he knows, wow, something's going on here. And he starts talking to her. That's already a second wow, because he's a Jew, she's Samaritan. They don't talk to each other. And all of a sudden he goes and he says to her, hey, go and get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. Or you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. She goes, he's telling her, you're finally getting real. You're finally being honest. Now, you got to understand, this lady had already gone through five husbands. We don't know what happened. We don't know if she was a black widow and she was finishing them off. We don't know if she was like, next, next, I don't know. We don't know if she was a widow five times. All we know is she's gone through five men and now she's with one. That Can you imagine you're in a tiny little town? Look, Albuquerque is the largest city in New Mexico. In the metropolitan area, which includes Rio Rancho, Corrales, Peralta, it includes Los Lunas, Berlin, it includes Rio Rancho, it includes all the surrounding area, Corrales, Placitas, all of those areas. We have bumping a million people. Albuquerque alone, our city limits, were just under 600,000 people. Now think about it. Let's just take our city, 600,000. I guarantee you, man, everyone knows everyone's business. Like, how does that happen? Everyone knows everyone. Here we're a big city, but we're like a small little town. Everyone knows everything. If someone's having an affair, orale, did you know that Johnny's shacking up with Susie? What? Does Amelia know about it? No, don't tell anybody, but they are. This is a tiny little town. They know everything. So they know that she's that woman that's kind of, keep away from my man. Because you've already gone through five and you're with one now. You didn't even get married this time. So she's known kind of as the, as the neighborhood, you know, the loose woman. She's got a reputation. That's why she goes to get draw water, draw water at noontime because she doesn't go in the morning because in the morning they probably sit there and say, anda vieja cochina. What are you doing here, you no good for nothing? So she went when there's nobody there. And there's Jesus. Well, good, it's a man. He won't talk to me. He goes, hey, what's up? Oh, my gosh. So how you doing? I'm fine, fine, fine. Just leave me alone. I'm here for water. I want to get out of my way. Hey, so... Where's your husband? <sighs> she could have lied. Oh, he's he's at the shop. And so she goes, you know what? I don't have a husband. And he goes, man, you're finally telling the truth. You finally had enough courage to come clean, to finally say what's really going on in your life. Maybe you did it because I'm a stranger. Maybe you did it because I don't know you. But I'm telling you, I'm glad you finally got courage. The fourth thing, if you really want to get out, you've got to go in. And you've got to have a deep understanding of God's grace. 
You have to really understand God's grace. You have to come to really know it. You have to come to really accept it. God's grace doesn't mean you could do whatever you want, whenever you want, because after all, he died for your sins, so not go live like hell. He's not saying that. He's saying, because I pulled you out of hell. Now I want you to live like a righteous man, a righteous woman. In Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, it says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful we were. Not each other, but how sinful we are. But as as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became even more abundant. In other words, that showed, my goodness gracious, God's grace is powerful. Look, if we went around and heard every single testimony of people in here, you would freak out as the kind of sinners we have in this church. Or they were sinners. You're not sinning anymore. Right? Please say no. (laughs) Say, of course not, Pastor. But see, we were in deep sin. I mean, we had some weird labels. You don't even hang out with people like that anymore. You even talk about people like that. Oh, man, don't hang out. Mijo, mija, don't ever hang out with people like that. And that was you. But because you know how great God's power is. Look at verse, okay, verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So look, I know I say this every time, but the reason I say it is because the people that led me to Christ were my next-door neighbors. They must have asked me a hundred times if I wanted to accept Jesus. And you know what? I wanted to accept Jesus from the very first time they ever presented him to me. But you know why I didn't? Because I didn't want to let go of some stuff. And they didn't say, if you accept Jesus, you got to let go of this stuff. Jesus told me that. And I was like, oh, man, I like what I'm doing. I just hate all the problems it causes. Are you with me? Anyone agree? Yeah, we're all messed up, man. And finally I said yes, and I was like, Oh, my goodness gracious, I've been holding back, and I could have had this a long time ago? Man, so if you don't know Jesus, you've never surrendered. Today is your night. Tonight, right now, this is your moment. And I pray that you are going to be honest and courageous, and you're going to take a good look at yourself and be honest with yourself, and you're going to get God. You're going to let him point you out. And if you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, Raise your hand. Anyone over here? Anyone? Yeah, I I can't see, so. Yeah, praise God. That is just exciting. That is so exciting. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God, yeah. Look, when we're pointing you out, don't feel like, oh, man, everyone's writing me out. 
No, you know what? We are celebrating because it's the greatest decision you're making of your life. It's like when you finally get married and you're like, man, we've been living together for 12 years and we finally got married and it's been greater. Why didn't I ever cross that line? I was fearful. Tonight, if you ask Christ to come in your life, would you stand so we could pray this prayer with you? Raise your hand. Yeah. Would everyone say this prayer? Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize that I need Jesus Christ. I surrender my heart, my mind and soul over to Him. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Guide me with your love. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, let me give you a hug. I just want to celebrate with you. Come on up. Come on up so we can celebrate with you. This is a great moment. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is awesome. Man, we're celebrating. Come on up. Come on up. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, escort her over. We got some material we want to share with you. Isn't God amazing? Now, where are you? What is it that's holding you back? What is it that you need to surrender today? What is it that you need to give up? What is it that you need to be bold and courageous and say, God, this is where I'm fighting and this is where I need victory. So if you need victory tonight, I encourage you to stand up and come to the altar as a sign of surrender to say, God, I want all you got for me. All of you, less of me. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your journey. Fill me with your overwhelming goodness. Sing this song. Celebrate. Don't take off yet. Spend time, even if you don't come up, you spend time right where you are and you get real with God and say, I am tired of being a fake. I am looking deep in my heart tonight. And God, I confess all these things to you in Jesus' name.
Father, I'm praying for everyone online right now. God, we have people to lean on here. We have people to pray with us here. If you're alone right now, I, I'm reaching out to you. I'm right there with you. But the Holy Spirit's right there with you. And some of you have your family. Quit being so proud and look to your wife. Look to your husband and say, pray for me, hun." Look to your mom and dad and say, pray for me, mom and dad. Look to your kids and say, pray for us, kids. We need God in our family. But if you're all alone, Father, right now, overwhelm them with your presence and let them know you are there. And Father, I pray into their life like I do to everyone here that, Lord, you meet our every need. Lord, let us take a deep, deep look at ourselves inside so we can finally come out. Lord, we want freedom. So God, fill us with your boldness. We thank you. We pray for that courage to live it out forevermore. In the name of Jesus. Sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. Sing God. Yes, we will. Oh Lord. Oh Lord our God. Let the whole neighborhood hear it. Say it. Oh, oh, come on, lift your voice. Sing it with me. Come. Oh, pray.
है Look, turn the house lights up. I want them to look at each other in their face. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Don't lose what you just got. Don't lose what you just got. Don't lose what you just got." Now go live it to the glory of God. I love you, church. We'll see you Sunday, but don't forget, Friday we have food distribution. I need volunteers 10:30. God bless you church.